This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes in the industry. My, as always, my name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which owns Triangle Pest Control as well as Triangle Lawn Care, as well as the CEO of Comarch, a digital marketing and sales services digital marketing company. And with me, as always, is my highly, highly esteemed colleague, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say hello and introduce yourself, as well as introduce our topic for today? Sure. Hello, everyone. It's uh, Dan Gordon. We are uh, PCO Bookkeepers. Uh, fractionalized CFO services and uh, PCO M&A specialists. We're exit planning uh, folks who uh, work with uh, people to get the highest valuations on exit. And man, have we been busy. Um, so uh, this uh, this talk is a little bit after uh, Pest World, where we got back from Pest World and my, uh, my esteemed colleague uh, got a crown leadership award. Oh, which, uh, boy. Was, which was uh, well-deserved. It, it was kind of interesting because, you know, for those who know Donnie, Donnie uh, is a guy who, um, you know, he, he pretty much, you know, his hairdo's in order, everything. He, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's a winner. He likes to win. And when they introduced him, they talked about as he was growing up, all of his adversity and, uh, you know, the, his grades in high school and all of this other stuff. And I went up to him afterwards and I said, if I knew you were such a loser, I would have never teamed up. With you. But, but anyway, they, uh, they gave him the uh, Crown Leadership Award, which is a, it's a big deal. And so congratulations. Congratulations on that. Um, and well, uh, I, I will say this, by the way. So, so first of all, I, I do need to thank Syngenta and PCT Magazine. It was a wonderful night. I brought out my family, and it was such a great night. I mean, I, I think it's a wonderful event. And um, I can tell you, I don't think I deserve that award, but it certainly was fun. You know, to kind of, you don't ever, I don't know about you, Dan, but, you know, Sometimes in life, it's hard. I'm always looking forward. I never stop and look back. And you think, gosh, you know, yeah, I was, I used to do that. And, you know, we, they did talk about some of my gaffes along the way. And I think they shape who you are. And it was a fun night. So, so thank you for highlighting that. I was not going to, that was not planned, by the way. And also, for those that are listening, we're recording this extremely early in the morning. And so Dan is being a real trooper. It is 3 a.m. And his time zone and he is on board here and, and we're going so let's move on so thank you dan so you bet you bet you owe me for this one so anyway yeah, right. <laughs> yeah so so uh yeah pest world was just a blast we uh um you know we had our booth and we had a uh one of the the games in our booth was a blackjack uh, dealer one of our client managers uh went out and bought all of the garb and so uh, you know we brought chips and 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 shufflers and and we gave away prizes and uh want to thank um audrey and scott hall they took first and second prize um you know, each each time you do something, you learn something. So next time we do it, there's going to be one prize per family. Uh, I've never seen a husband and wife team get so competitive. So they won, and then there was sharks. Sharks, yeah, they, they are. Were, they were. Yeah. They, they should have been out on the 
in, in the casino. <laughs> on the real floor? Yeah. Oh, they were good. And then there was Colton Lee from Future Services uh, down in Atlanta. And he took third place. And um, the funny thing is Brad, our client manager, who had the the costume of a, a, a dealer, was walking through the casino. And one of the pit bosses grabbed him uh, and told him, you know, uh, where he needed to be and he was a little That's confused it was hilarious kind of funny. yeah it was That's pretty awesome. funny yeah yeah so <laughs> so anyway uh today i think what we'll do is we'll talk about some of the uh uh observations or takeaways that uh that that, that we had from pest world it was it was really neat in that uh you know, obviously last year was virtual. And um, so I think people were ready to to come out and and, and just, you know, get out and, and, and go to a trade show and be with other people. And, and it showed and it was really, really uh, terrific. But, um, you know, uh, a lot of the key issues that we uh, came across, um, what, uh, what, what were you hearing while you were there? Well, I think first things first, we've just got to talk about the carpet issue. We just have to get it out. Was uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. that not the craziest? So yeah. day one, like there's people falling everywhere because the carpet wasn't down right. And we were like in front of our, so we had our coal march booth. And, and literally we're like telling everyone, be careful as you walk by because folks were falling. And anyway, I just thought that was, well, and then it, of course it was they, the entire <laughs> trade show. Like, so this, the, the, uh, you know, this is a massive floor with everybody's booth and whatnot. <laughs> and the first thing, so we were setting up Sunday and I knew that there was a problem and I kept calling the, uh, the folks to fix it and they kind of stretched it and whatnot. And then they put the carpet in between, you know, uh, like for the alleys that people walk on, but they just couldn't get it right. And, uh, yeah. it was bad and, and people were tripping in front of our uh, um, booth too. So uh, that's kind of interesting. And then I think that NPMA, either NPMA or, or the, the Las Vegas Union <laughs> decided that they were going to pull it up. And the way that they dealt with it is they just pulled the whole thing up and they had this ugly carpet underneath, but I don't think anybody got hurt. I don't think. No, no one. And, and it actually, out. yeah, it stayed down and it didn't come out and trip people. So, all right. So now let's move on to some serious stuff. Overall things that I saw. Number one, the conference was massive this year. I am not a huge fan of Vegas. I think anyone that talks to me will will know that how I, my true feelings on Vegas. But you know, this year I had my entire family with me, um, and so I was, you know, it was a little bit more difficult to walk the floor and those types of things. But overall impression is is that you know, and and from talking with folks that are there, and Dan, you and I are going to get into these issues here momentarily. And we've even talked about some of these on the podcast. You know, I can talk from a digital perspective. We had a lot of activity at the Colmarch booth and, and a lot of folks are, you know, understanding how SEO absolutely is the key strategy now for, for growing their business. And so we had a lot of discussions. Um, you, you know, we've always had folks at the Colmarch booth for whatever reason this year, we had a lot of activity from both really, really large clients and, and our potential clients as well as, you know, kind of smaller. But I think, you know, from a digital perspective, I'm just seeing more and more interest and in, in more of a realization that, you know, when we say SEO, I think most people think about just your standard, you know, where do I line up when I search a name? But, you know, there's a lot more to that. And so it's getting more and more sophisticated and there's being a lot more enhancements added to different platforms, especially with Google. And so we had a lot of questions about that. And I mean, we can roll into that a little bit, but, you know, other things were, you know, labor, supply chain, what we're going to talk about. 
Uh, and just in general, what's happening with inflation? What about you, Dan? What did what did folks say over in your booth? So we uh, we were very very busy, and um, people are not hiding it anymore. That the, the uh, whole M and A thing is really uh, reaching a, a crest. Uh, you know, uh, several years ago, um, people we we actually had an M and A specialist booth. And nobody would come, right? Because nobody wanted to be seen with uh, somebody who was going to help them exit the company. <laughs> nobody wanted to you know, right. telegraph that they were selling their company. <laughs> so the, the only people who came to visit us were the buyers. So we stopped doing the booth and we just do the PCO bookkeepers booth, but, but we're there. And if people want to talk about it and not that anybody came out and said, hey, I want to sell my company, although you know, that's that that's ultimately what's happening. People were talking to us about valuations. Valuations have hit an all time high um, and I don't see them going backwards. But remember, it's only for really quality companies. So they've you've got to have be hitting on all cylinders. But um, everybody was talking about it. Uh, we talked to several private equity people who are in the space now purchasing, um, looking to do that. You've got the strategics, the Orkins, Terminex, Renekill, Antisemexes. So it's a very robust market if you've got a really good company and the valuations have never been higher. And, you know, we were talking with a couple of the Wall Street analysts, Tim and uh, Dean, and, and uh, it, it, you know, I don't, Q1, I think, is going to be just as busy as the end of uh, this year because there's so much leftover that uh, needs to get done. And so that was the number one overarching uh, uh, theme in our booth, although we signed up plenty of new accounting clients and people are uh, understand that in order to get their KPIs right, that they have to get their accounting right. And so we kind of fall into that slot as well. Um, but, uh, you know, that's what was happening in our booth. Um, one of the other takeaways that I, um, you know, it, it seems if you came to uh, pest world 15 years ago, um, it was really the pesticide manufacturers that dominated the uh, trade show uh, uh, room. And now it's really the software guys. I mean, software has um, really um, uh, uh, started to dominate uh, the, the trade show. And uh, what you've got is you've got better and better software. And, uh, um, you know, there, there's many, many choices, whereas it used to be one or two or three. Um, but now there's so many choices. And uh, uh, they're all starting to roll up, too, just like our uh, pest control companies. Uh, you know, WorkWave is buying everybody. Um, and uh, there are other uh, private equity firms that are purchasing the likes of pest routes and Brio stack and, and they're all out there looking for others. But, um, that's, that, that's one of the big takeaways that, that I, uh, um, saw. So let's talk a little bit about, let's transition to some things that we learned. I, I know for me personally, um, you know, when I first got in the industry, the, the rule was 20% of people would use pest control. So if you've got a million households out there, you know, 200,000 is your market. And it seems like every time PPMA does one of these surveys, that percent is getting bigger. And, and so one of the, in one of the sessions, you know, PPMA kind of released a new survey where they're showing that, you know, there's even the market is expanding for pest control. And this is no surprise. I mean, we've talked about this in the past where millennials don't necessarily want to do home maintenance. 
and they're, they're already emerging, you know, that's who's replacing, not replacing, but that's what we're, you know, they're, they're turning 30. And, and the reality of it is, is that they're, they're purchasing pest control services more so than the previous generations. And so that is a huge positive for the industry. And, and, you know, it went from 20 to 30 and now it's pushing, you know, 35% push into 40. And I think that's outstanding uh, for our industry. So it's, it was really a bright spot for me to hear that and, and to see that. And, you know, surveys, you have to, you have to be careful, but I think even through my own experience in working with customers and, and owning <clears throat> a service company, I can just tell you that I absolutely see that in the numbers. And so for me, you know, that was one thing that I was thought, mm, this is, this is actually really good. That, that kind of falls into uh, the whole door-to-door thing, right? So PCT, I think, uh, had an article in 2015 where they estimated the door-to-door uh, industry at like 200 million or something. And I can tell you just our clients are well over 200 million. So I believe that 2021, there's no index, there's there's no way to confirm this, but I believe that door-to-door accounted for well over a billion dollars of um of, of pest control spend. Now that said, yeah, you, you know, you if if you're a door-to-door company and you're doing it responsibly, you're doing great. If you're a a, a traditional company, uh, you don't like the door-to-door guys. But the door-to-door guys, they may be taking some of your business, but they're also expanding the market. They're they're selling to people who have never used pest control before. You know, they they knock on a door and there's you know, spider webs and, and things. And, uh, you know, that, that uh, a homeowner says, geez, I didn't realize I could get a service to do this. And that's what we're hearing from the largest door-to-door companies um, that, you know, yes, they, they do take some of their competitors' business as, as just about, you know, everybody in the industry. It's a, you know, we're all a fraternity, but we're all in a battle. Um, but um, there's a lot of uh, uh, non-users of pest control uh, or do-it-yourselfers who are coming into the professional space. And, um, you know, that's definitely what we're seeing. Well, it, you know, and that's the fact is we, we and this is going to be provocative and provocative and, and I don't really care, but we owe the door-to-door companies a little debt of gratitude because I think they absolutely are helping expand the market. And, and that's that. I mean, you like it or not, they're creating demand where demand is not typically there. And it's it's essentially helping our industry in, in, in terms of creating larger market share. So, um, <clears throat> okay. So the next thing that um, I thought this one was, and we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago, which is labor availability. And, you know, that, you know, we've talked about that. We've seen it, you know, Dan and you and I, I think we had a, almost an entire podcast dedicated to that, but you know, there at, at Pest World, it was certainly, it was certainly, you know, from talking to clients that were in the booth and folks that were coming around, this tends to be, I think the number one thing that everyone is struggling with right now. And it's not, you know, I don't think it's COVID and I don't think that it's, well, people are getting the government check. I think it's exactly what you and I talked about in that previous co- podcast, which is where, the fact is, is that there are more people exiting the workforce than, than what's going in. And what that's doing is it's creating, you know, a huge, um, it's creating a huge shortfall for companies who typically struggle to have labor to begin with. So did you hear anything about labor on your end? Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we, uh, uh, somebody came to our booth and, and we were talking and it was a, a company from California uh, in the San Francisco Bay area. And they said, they you know, you've got warehouses paying 30 and 35 dollars an hour just to work in the warehouse with full benefits and whatnot. 
how can you, uh, you know, how, how can you compete with that? Well, the, the, the way to compete with it is you've got to raise your prices, right? So um, mm-hmm. we're definitely in an inflationary period. And that is another big thing that everybody's talking about. Well, we're raising our prices how much? And, and, and the effect of labor, right? So if labor goes up 20% and it's 20% of your uh, P&L, that means that all things equal, the new price of labor is 24%, right? So you've got to raise your prices, um, you know, accordingly. And uh, we've, um, you know, we, we heard from everybody, large companies, small companies, uh, companies in the lawn care business, um, everybody's having a tough time with labor. And, um, you know, uh, it's got to be figured out. Um, and, and it will be, it will be. Um, things always uh, revert to the means. So I think that that's... Uh, um, some somebody also uh, he his uh, big thing was um, immigration right so there's a a big lock on immigration and, and folks are trying to close the borders and everything but um, a lot of folks were talking about or or this one guy was talking about how if they you know he he's going to be bringing in these H2B visa people to to do work and and um, I said geez that's you know to do day laboring that's fine but you have to get them licensed and whatnot and yeah and they're working on that that's that that's a, a an interesting slope well I think the the main thing out of this is that okay labor issues are not going to go away and what that means is that the labor pool is going to be more competitive. Well, that means you're going to have to pay more. You're going to have to be more competitive. And that also has the impact of, well, you're going to need to raise your prices. I don't think it's an unsurmountable problem. I think it's just going to be a period of adjustment. And the sooner that you can, because the fact is, is everything's going up, which should include your your service costs. And so I, if I were going to, if and by the way, we struggle with this. I don't want to make it sound like Triangle doesn't have the same issue. But, um, you know, our approach is going to be, we're going to pay more. We're going to be more competitive with potential um, employees and we're going to raise prices because we have to adapt and adjust. I mean, you can still keep your same percentages and just change what those dollar amounts are because, you know, you you can pay for these price increases. And when I say price increase, I'm talking about labor because labor obviously is the biggest thing on your P&L. You know, do it with us. Do it with a price increase. And I think most customers are going to understand that because everything is more expensive now. I mean, just go to the yeah, freaking grocery store, you know, there's probably no better time than right now to raise your prices because everybody else is doing it and people understand. Yeah. Uh, yep. so, well, let's, let's transition to the next challenge that, that I heard a lot about and that is supply chain, um, which again, it, it's kind of funny. We, I, I, I don't want to recap, you know, our other, we did this in our Q3 wrap up. Um, but, you know, the reality of it is, is that folks are having problems with getting equipment and they're also having problems with getting materials. And we, we talked about this in our Q3 wrap up, which is start ordering now. Um, did you hear a whole, I mean, I heard a lot about this in my booth. I heard, you know, folks saying that they've already ordered a lot of stuff for their next season. Yeah, um, yeah. we've been we've been hearing about the chemicals, but the big one was the trucks. People yeah. are having a really, really difficult time getting trucks. People are holding on to their older trucks and ordering new ones, um, they're they're making sure that uh, that they've got that covered because you can't, you know, you might be able to buy one off here, but if if you buy ten or fifteen trucks at a clip, it's awfully difficult to source those right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And then you know that and that ultimately, you know, I think 
most companies, and Dan, I know that you're going to be way more versed in, in talking about this than I do, just because I only have two data points. I've got my lawn care company and my pest control company. But, you know, what should be the price increase? You know, you and I have talked about doing it the smart way, which is where you leave folks alone who who are not calling you. We may want to readdress that given what's happening with inflation. And then, you know, really cranking up the price on the customers that are calling you, you know, every time they see a bug on the television. Um, <clears throat> you know, that generally speaking, when you look at it from an industry perspective, an industry perspective is about one to 2% annually. Um, but what are you thinking? I mean, I think it probably well, should be more than that. I think I think what we have to do is we have to quantify, well, what is the labor? Is that a 20% increase? Is that a 30% increase? And it, let's say it's a 25% increase. And it's not going to be 25% a year, but there's certainly, you know, um, there's a lot of pressure on uh, or upward pressure on labor prices. So let's say that it's a 25% increase. Okay. So let's say that your labor percentage is 20%. Okay. And so you've got to raise that uh, in, in, to account for payroll taxes. So you're going to raise your prices by uh, what? <clears throat> five percent then on your chemicals your chemicals are probably around seven percent of revenue so let's say that they go up by 20 percent so that's 1.4 percent so uh, the labor coupled with the the chemicals that's six and a half percent or thereabouts and then you've got you know other uh, uh, items that are uh, going up like fuel um, so maybe another, so, so maybe seven and a half to 8% is not unreasonable. And if you look at the inflation, they, they Hang on. I just, I want you to say that one more time. Cause that is a huge, huge number. Yeah. Seven or 8%. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wait, and in lawn care, 10% because your material costs are so much higher. Right. So, uh, but, but that, but at the end of the year, so in early next year, when they, come out and say here was the inflation numbers for 2021 it's probably going to be seven percent or eight percent mm -hmm. so so you know uh, an increase of that magnitude is right in line with inflation um and and, and so um i think that that's that's where the numbers are going to fall out well you know last quarter alone the cpi which is the consumer price index that was up just in one quarter five percent you know yep. and i think you know most folks were expecting two to three so the fact is, is that even if you said 5%, you're, you're breaking even of where you were last year. So yeah. something to really think about. Now, the next one is a huge one. And, and I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about this because I think it's really important, especially important for our listeners. And that is SEO. SEO in general. Now, when I use the term SEO, I'm talking about kind of across the platform here. But almost every, obviously, people are going to talk to me about SEO, just like I'm sure folks are going to talk to you about accounting, Dan. <laughs> so, right. uh, but I, I will say the different thing that I saw this year is that, you know, in the past with SEO and digital marketing, you know, you, it's almost been kind of the David versus Goliath situation where you have these super large regionals, these really, really bar, you, you think about Terminex and Orkin and just your traditional large, large companies. They, for the most part, rely on mass media. You know, they're doing TV, radio, those types of things. And that's truly how they grow their business through marketing. And then, of course, they do acquisitions and those types of things. But the difference that I saw this year is that these larger regionals and these really larger companies, what's happening is, and again, this is all my perspective, is what I see is that 
instead of it being radio and TV as the primary source now, most of them are making major initiatives to be that digital is the primary source. And that should be something that we all pay attention to. I've always said that, you know, Terminex and Orkin does the entire industry a favor because they, they, you know, they advertise on television and it doesn't really matter if someone calls Terminex or Orkin. The fact is, is that we, our industry gets exposure to <clears throat> people because of that. But the fact, you know, now that they are changing and the, the key driver now is looking, you know, it's going to be digital. That means for folks who can't compete, which by the way, I'm in this category. <clears throat> I don't know that I would get into a bidding war with Rollins. In fact, I know I wouldn't, or Terminex or anyone else, you know, super, super large, because I'm gonna lose. Um, you know, it, it, what, it, what this is going to turn into is that you're gonna have to get more sophisticated and get very, very specific about how you compete because competing, you know, on broad terms in broad markets, it's a battle that unless you have super, super deep pockets that you're going to lose. Now, does that mean that SEO is going to not be a great platform if you're a smaller company going forward? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But what it does mean is that you're gonna to need to get more sophisticated. You know, the stuff that we use in kind of the, I'd call it the low hanging fruit that, you know, you could just pick up just by being online and, you know, throwing a little money to pay per click and a little money over here. Those, opportunities are getting whisked up and they're getting whisked up by these much larger companies. And so, you know, I think the main thing, at least for our listeners, is that, you know, the digital platform is, is I would say, in most cases for companies in our industry now is the primary platform. And what that means is that it's way more competitive and that you've got to be more creative and definitely more sophisticated when it comes to, you know, executing a digital strategy. Dan, I don't know if folks talk to you about this in your booth, but but I spend obviously a lot of time. <laughs> this is kind of our core thing, right? I spend a ton of time talking about this. And, you know, the thing I tell people is that, you know, David versus Goliath, and you really need to look at it that way. You have to play a different game than, I mean, there's good and there's bad with these larger companies making this their primary source of, of leads. The good is, is that, well, there's going to be overall more exposure. The bad is, is that you're not going to be able to compete head to head with these folks because they're going to have budgets that they can just completely outspend you. Now, the other part of that is, is that, you know, well, now you really need to be thinking about, well, you know, <clears throat> yeah, they can own, say, Atlanta or they can own New York or they can own L.A. or whatever, but they don't necessarily they're not going to have the focus and the time to own this sub market, this neighborhood, this zip code. And so you're just going to have to get very surgical about the way that you approach your digital marketing. So Dan, thoughts that you well, have on that? No, that 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 it's it's very interesting. So uh, when 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 you know digital really started to proliferate, SEO was a big deal, and uh, these big companies have always been in the game. But you're right, they they are. are putting more resources to it. But then then pay-per-click kind of stepped in. And so, you know, Google started monetizing that. The problem uh, with that is that, you know, all of the keywords and, and terms and everything have been bid up. And so it's a lot more expensive to get a lead than it was a few years ago. So now people are kind of falling back and saying, well, this SEO could work. But SEO is a, is, is, is a slog. It's not, you know, pay-per-click is instant gratification. I bid on a word, I get it, I get the lead. SEO is, um, you know, you, you've got to um, have all of the, the levers in place to, 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 to show up on a page and whatnot. And I think that that's kind of interesting, but it's, uh, um, 
you know, um, it, it, you, you, you really need to think about it in terms of uh, when Walmart comes to town, if you've ever, I, I believe that there was a book, seriously, how <laughs> right. yeah. does the local hardware store do against when Home Depot comes to, you know, how does that local guy survive? And, and there mm -hmm. are true uh, methods to, 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 to doing that. Um, but, but that's, you know, that's the way it's, um, that, that's the way you have to look at it. And, and it's a, such a great point you make there, Dan. And, and we, we advocate this with our clients that if you're a local owner, you absolutely have to hammer down on this thing that, Hey, I'm local. I'm in the community. This is who I am. I am absolutely, you know, the guy in town that provides this. I'm not Walmart. Right. Um, and so, so no, a, a very, very good point. And since we're on this idea of SEO and, and marketing and re, let's transition to, were we at a technology conference or a pest conference? Because I swear it like every time I turned around, it was some software, yeah. you know, something. I mean, it was a ton of software companies there this year. Um, yeah, everybody's I mean, you know, doing something. Yeah. We, we, we gave Sherry Spencer a little spot in our booth and she was pretty busy with her uh, app. And um, mm -hmm. I know she yeah. picked up several clients with it. And, you know, that's just a, a, a little micro uh, area of, of technology that's being used and it's needed. And uh, so, um, you know, obviously every company in the future is going to be a technology company that happens to provide pest control or whatever else they're doing. Mm -hmm. But technology is such a big part of, of, of the way we move forward, as frustrating as that may sound. <laughs> no, so. it is. It is. And I, and I think the thing, too, is in and, and this is just by the way, this is all opinion at this, you know, from here going forward. But I would just say, you know, sometimes I've seen people get distracted with technology. Like, you know, they they want to implement the latest CRM and they want to hook everything up. And and it's almost like they they can't see the forest from the trees or they get so bogged down with just trying to enable all these cool technological things. They never stop and step back to have the thought, well, for what I'm putting in versus what I'm getting out, is this the best thing to do right now? And in some cases, it absolutely is the case. In other cases, it's not. And so I would just say with a word of caution. By the way, you know, we we are part of WorkWave now. I think everyone knows that. I'm a software fan. If you've been around me, you know that I am. I'm definitely a fan of integration. I'm not saying that it's not important. I'm only making the point, you know, there's a book I just absolutely love called The Toyota Way, which is where they were big into technology, but not for everything, you know, and, and that was how they came back in the 80s and, you know, started creating really high quality cars is because they leveraged technology where it made sense. And they were a little disciplined to make sure they didn't, you know, overspend or over, you know, uh, in, the, in the case of, you know, the automotive industry, it was robotics. They didn't spend a ton of money for things that were going to offer marginal benefits. And so that's my only, that's my only be, be, warning. Be careful of the shiny penny because that's what yes. everybody's, okay, well, you know, I don't like my software vendor, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm looking at another one. Well, all of them have great benefits and all of them have a lot of flaws, right? And right. so moving from one to the other is not the answer. Remember what business you're in. You're not in the software business, even though I said before that everybody's a technology business, but our business is such an 
simple business model. It's not easy to execute, but it's simple. All you do, somebody has a problem, you go take care of the problem, you get a check, you try and sign them up on recurring work, you go there over and over again and get the money and pay your vendors, and it's just a very simple business model. We're not in the 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 trading or the the software or you know uh, any of the the complicated models. But and and you need to remember that because some people get so lost in this technology thing. And uh, like I said, all the softwares have their pros and cons. Um, be careful about you know wanting to change every year. You know, it's yes. uh, and we, yeah. we definitely talk to people who who do that. Well, I tried that this year. I'm going to go to this one and. So, yeah. Or that the grass is green on the other side. Right. Yeah. It's like it's every software has its, you know, goods and bad. And you just have to realize that, you know, I hate to say this, but the devil that, you know, sometimes is not as bad as the devil that you don't know. That's right. But you just, That's you know, right. so Warren, well, I want to wrap up with one final thing here that I saw. And, and Dan, if you've got something to add, I'm, I'm all ears. But this whole idea of in the educational sessions, there were some interesting things that were kind of brought out that I thought were kind of cool. Now. I'm going to say this, I'm going to put this disclaimer out right out the gate, which is anything can be correlated with global warming. In fact, I used to make fun of this. I don't know if you've ever seen those presentations I've done, Dan, where I showed that the number of pirates and global warming are actually correlated. And so as the number of pirates go down, global warming goes up. And so what that obviously See, means but that's is that true. That's true. It that's is true. A, it absolutely is true. Absolutely so what we need to do to fix global warming is that we need to create more pirates, right? So. <laughs> But, but you know, this was something that was talked about in the educational sessions where, you know, global warming is obviously going up as is insect activity. And so here what we have is this whole idea that, you know, and I and this is going to be so not politically correct, but global warming is actually helping our industry. And they brought in some folks who were, you know, some academic types that show. So wait a minute. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. There are the deniers of global Warning. That's right. that, that's you know our industry is pretty conservative and most yes, of us yes. are deniers. But when right. it works to our benefit, we're willing to recognize that it's out. Yes. So yes, okay. I have an 18 yeah, year old. You. By the way, I have an 18 year old who who likes to remind me that she's 18 when it's convenient, but doesn't want to be 18 when it's not convenient. So this is kind of one of those scenarios. So there you go. So I um, it's it's kind of interesting, right? So global warming is going up, pest activity is going up. And that in of itself is like, okay, all right, that's good to know, right? It's nothing special. But what is it, what the, the difference that they added to, which I think is absolutely correct, which is, you know, the changes in U.S. population and how that's increasing. And so all of these things are kind of lining up with, hey, it's a pretty doggone bright future in our industry. And I think that's one of the reasons that we're seeing so much interest, you know, in terms of private equity. I think people are realizing like how... Um, first of all, how great of an industry it is, but number two, how bright its future is. I mean, I came out of Pest World and especially the educational sessions feeling pretty damn good about the big picture, you know, feeling pretty damn good about, hmm, yeah, you know, our industry is looking pretty good. And, and obviously, Dan, you and I both know this bubble that we're in, it's going to burst, you know, there's going to be a downturn, there's going to be a recession. I hope it is like 2009 for our industry. You know, we, we obviously, bedbugs just, it, it was our savior in that in that moment. You know, I remember bedbugs just took off, and for us, we never even missed a beat back in 2009. But between the changes in you know population density, you know changes in temperature, and you know <clears throat> changes in pest activity, as well as changing of you know 
the number of households who want to accept pest control, I think it's one bright future for our industry. Thoughts from yeah. you, Dan? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we're definitely in a recession-resistant um, industry. Um, I've said this a hundred times, people have heard me, but in 2008 and 2009, you had General Motors filing for bankruptcy, yet our clients, eh, maybe their growth wasn't as big as it was uh, a few years before, but people were still growing. I mean, it, you know, right through that recession. Um, so, you know, we're... Our industry is not this high flyer that like, you know, cryptocurrency or the internet bubble or, you know, even some of the real estate things that you see, but it's tried and true. It's steady. It moves up. It's a terrific industry. Um, why has private equity come in? Because of the returns. Why are the returns so good? Because of the prospects of, you know, uh, the market. So um, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, folks, we've done it again. We have burned 40 minutes of your time. Uh, Dan, I don't have any, I don't have anything else. I mean, for me, Pest World was great. It was wonderful. Again, not a Vegas fan. It was a little bit of a men run for me this year because I had my whole family there. They came out to the Sagenta and PCT Crown Leadership event. And again, just want to thank them um, and, and thank, you know, quite frankly, the association. I think they do a fantastic job with, you know, Pest World each year. And, and, and we never... You know, it's easy to you know poke shots at those folks, but I think they do just a, a wonderful job. Oh, they do and, and a fantastic I, I, job. That, yeah, I thought it was amazing. And and by the way, the, kidding around about the carpet, just pivot, pivoting off of that, that was that could have been a disaster. Yeah, um, yeah. Was, it's good that, that they fixed it. I mean, literally within the next day, it was it yeah. was taken care of. And so so kudos we're looking to them. Forward to to next year, Boston. That's where I went to college, Northeastern University. Go Huskies! And uh, so we're. Hey. Uh, by the way, yeah, I'm looking forward to Boston. Let's not get lost when we go running again. Remember last time we were oh out there and you gosh. and I went running? You remember that? Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. got lost running. So we're going to try not to do that. Now, you got to remember, Donnie's legs are twice as long as mine. So I have to take two steps for every step he takes. And, you know, and uh, if, for those who know Jess, he's just as tall as Donnie. And I'm like uh, huffing and puffing and trying. And I'm the tour guide because I know Boston. They don't. That's so. right. But, but, uh, we're looking oh. forward to it. So. Yes, as am I, as am I. Well, folks, a reminder that all of the resources and topics that we talk about, you know, either from this podcast or once in the past, they're all up on pmpindustryinsider.com. There's a section in there called show notes that provides a summary as well as any resources. And of course, we'd always appreciate, we don't, you know, we don't have sponsors of those types of things, but you can put a little tip in the tip jar by subscribing, liking us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you'd like to listen to the podcast. And with that, we're signing off and we'll see you all next time. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone and we'll talk to you soon. See ya.